Oh, hi. I'm your host, Kyle Brownrigg, and welcome to Best Actress, discussing Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress Oscar wins, who we feel should have won, and why. For actress in a leading role, the nominees are Jodie Foster in Nell, Jessica Lange in Blue Sky, Miranda Richardson in Tom and Viv, Winona Ryder in Little Women, Susan Sarandon in The Client. And the Oscar goes to Jessica Lange in Blue Sky. Hello and welcome to another episode of Best Actress. Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting year. This is the ceremony year of 1995 and Jessica Lange won for the movie Blue Sky. This movie was uh, filmed by Orion uh, in 1990. The studio went bankrupt and then essentially because the studio was bankrupt, they were not allowed to release the picture until they came back into the black and uh, so the movie was released four years later. This movie was kind of one of those, uh, sure, this is an Oscar-worthy performance. In a pile of duds, a lot of these uh, performances were nominated based on their careers and things that they had previously accomplished, not necessarily the performance of the year that was necessarily oscar worthy because at this time in history uh and it it has obviously gotten better not much better uh the roles for women simply weren't really that great uh i'm very excited to unpack all of this This is going to be a very interesting episode um today we are joined by um one of my favorite people he is a stand-up comedian who's so funny whose album went to number one on itunes his comedy album called born this weight uh, and he is a comedian, and he's also a friend. It's Brian Hat. Hi, Brian. Hi, Kyle. I'd like to put friend before comedian if I could. <laughs> Kyle Brownrigg, friend, comedian, actor. <laughs> Did you see the way that I had to glance at your name when I said <laughs> your name? I was like, mm, yeah. I'm just going to double check that. <laughs> I love that joke when you have to stare at the hand. My very good friend, Kyle Brownrigg, everybody. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to... Can you just pull that back just a bit? Just a bit. Story of my sex tape. (laughs) Story of my sex tape. This is good. This is good. So, okay. So, the five nominees in this category uh, are insane. I have to tell you that this is one of the most painful (laughs) episodes, one of the most painful years of Best Actress. I, I must have paused and started these movies again, like, a hundred times. So it's two weeks in between each uh, episode that I do on this podcast. Okay. It took me two weeks to watch these five films. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God. These were not good movies. These were not super amazing. These are great actors in so-so roles giving a, the best that they can to the script because of their talent. And they're being recognized for that, not necessarily because it was an Oscar-worthy performance. There was, uh, there's this this YouTube uh, channel that I watched is called Be Kind Rewind. Anybody listening to this, if you are like interested to know more about this year, because I'm not, I'm not a historian. We're just we're comedians. We're gonna make fun of it. <laughs> but if you want to know more about it, check it out. It's the Jessica Lang year. Be Kind Rewind. It's very, very interesting. Uh, but I will just say that what a lot of that video is talking about 
uh, I completely agree with, and I feel like yeah. I'm going to be referencing a lot in this episode. I feel like we're going to be touching on a lot of the same points here. Yeah. This so, is not subtlety that we're dealing with <laughs> in a lot of cases. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very interesting year, but before we get into it, let mm-hmm. me just ask, so uh, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. I, it's been a minute. I'm doing well. I'm so thrilled to be doing things like this, uh, you know, sitting within, you know, the six-foot barrier that we've been living <laughs> yes. with. I think we're a solid four feet apart from each other here. Yes. Um, and I couldn't be happier about that and doing stand-up and again and just, again, just to be, I would like, um, if the pandemic taught me anything, it's that I'm more of a people person than I thought. Do you yes, know what I mean? right. I didn't realize... I was a bit exhausted. Yeah. I was a bit overworked. And the pandemic made me realize that because I was really getting to the point where it's like, you know, people are just my business. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't really need that. But then, yeah, lose them for a couple of years. And that's all I, it's, this is all I ever wanted. You can get rid of everything else, but let me come back and do this. Well, because that's just it is that for us, it's like we travel for work and we have to be on all the time performing in bars and clubs and restaurants and being the yeah. life of the party. So it's exhausting. And you're like, oh, the last thing that I want to do in my free time is to be around people and travel, right? And then when it's taken away, yeah, you're just like, I miss it. It's like a drug. I had no idea. Like, I finally understand, you know, when you see all these prison movies about getting thrown in isolation and (laughs) where the solitary, I'm just like... Pardon me, when I would watch those movies, I'd be like, I could take that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that's why. Sure, it's a little dark. I don't get that much sun to begin with. Yeah. Um, but when literally, almost sitting, literally, almost literally in isolation, I, mean, I was allowed to go outside, but, you know, barely talking to anybody, <laughs> literally not touching a single soul, you know. Yeah. It got to, it got to me, I'll, I'll say. I mean, you feel the effects on yourself, so. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm so, again, so happy to be back here doing this kind of stuff. Oh, I know. Me too. I feel mm-hmm. the same way. Um Thrilled. So, uh, okay, so then let's just jump into our first one yes so our first person this is a no particular order that we're going to be talking about is Jodie Foster in Nell up until this point she'd already won two Oscars one for the accused and then one for the silence of the lambs so at this point she'd already had so much success like there was so much steam behind her career that it was like yeah. yeah She is just supporting in this. It's not even funny. The fact that she's nominated for a lead is really funny. And I would just yeah. like to say to you, sure. uh, to to you, Brian, uh, a Donna Bay, Donna Mesa Chicka Bay to you. I and the way. Yeah, just May Chicka Bay. Oh yeah. Her only line. Bow Chicka Wow Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was, the whole movie was yeah. the same line over and over again. And listen, I got to say, just mm-hmm. to Jodie Foster, Please. you really got to give it up to her for, for committing. Uh, yes. I mean, she was asked to do a thing. Yeah. And she gave it, uh, you know, a, a, a good Jodie Foster effort, as she always does. Yeah. Now, let me pose this question to you. Yeah. Looking back on the sort of the context of the movie, the subject matter, do you think you can make this movie again? Because I don't. It's Like, could you do this in 2022? Because yeah. I have some serious problems with some of the themes and... Yeah. Um, Let's just say some of the dialogue, not even the dialogue specifically, but the way they treat the yeah. character Nell. And yeah. Is, she's like a pet. Anyway, I just don't know if you can make this anymore. And to borrow um, uh, an expression from the Ben Stiller, like, is she going full? That's what I thought you were yeah. going to say the same thing, too. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. I, that's uh-huh. the first thing I thought of when I saw this movie. Yeah. And again, I, I, all my love to Jodie Foster, you know, in context, all that blah, blah, blah. But I just... I, it was hard to watch this movie again. It really was. I mean, Liam Neeson is just—I don't know. <laughs> kind of what's going I, I on. I can't see him as anything other than scary. So he's not like a romantic lead for me. And that accent right off the top too. The yeah. first time he says "sure, sure," yeah. <laughs> just like oh my god, swallow that Irish bro. Yeah. So okay. So this movie, uh, this movie, Nell. Uh, 
Uh, the movie Nell, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, it's basically Jodie Foster is this feral child in the in the woods. Yeah. And then wackiness ensues. Like they... Mima <laughs> uh, dies. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Liam Neeson basically yeah. discovers her. And then the, all the science community is fascinated by her, et cetera, et cetera. So basically her, the one thing that she comes in and says all the time is May Chikabay. And then she has like a dance routine because it is reminiscent of when she was a child and she had a twin sister that inexplicably died. Um, and they had did this little dance in the moonlight and then they would fall off the stone in the in the, the river yeah. and then they'd swim in the river and it, it's this ritual that she does it's this dance that yeah. she does every night it's like residual PTSD that's it's just been unresolved for I assume what 27 years yeah and she's never seen the outside world she's never seen a car she's never heard English she's yeah. never many many things also the old lady mm-hmm. clearly spoke English well they were saying that she had a face yeah so she didn't speak properly because she was frozen on half her face Plus, I assume this was uh, a bit of a southern thing, so she already had that Louisiana drawl, I assume. Yeah. So between the strokes and the um, and the accent, the hillbilly, what, I don't know, pardon me if I'm misplacing uh, your accent, but that sort of um, <laughs> down south panhandle thing mixed in with the fact that she had no education. And I guess that's what they were saying. That's how the chick came up with this secret language, which I guess turns out to be not that much yeah. of a secret. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting watching this movie because um you're talking about like that tropic thunder moment which i was totally thinking the same thing but at the time like rain man was really hot yes but i mean the problem with this movie versus that is that movie is about autism yeah it's about a person and his struggles fitting in with the world and how that relates to his brother who had no relation with this person where this one is sort of frames itself as a, as a mental health movie, I guess, or I, it's hard to put, but it doesn't, it's not really what it is. Yeah. It, it doesn't quite hit those notes. It's not like you said, Nell is almost a supporting character in it. It's more, it weirdly becomes about this romance at times. <laughs> between the romance Lisa. thing was really E.P. Cray. No, the, the, the make out at the end was just it not not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Naming your kid Nell and all, it, it just, it was too much for me. I was just like, it, <laughs> the movie got lost. It, it didn't have a very good focus, which again, I thought made it hard for like Jodie Foster's performance to have great weight to it even yeah. though like i said she she dove right in man she gave 100 percent uh but little things annoyed me too again that were about her performance but not like the fact that she's supposed to be a feral child but most of the time she looks like this beautiful yeah untouched i know weeping willow like she, yeah. she's never seen a bit of dirt on her skin no. ever I, I mean i know that's not up to the actress to decide those things but yeah and her but brows some, were always on point like, every every, every scene. time they showed her body yeah, too i was like how is this person who's apparently living off snacks and quaker yeah. oats <laughs> have the body of a, a swimsuit model oh 100 i mean again this is overlooking it too but the fact that my brain are going to these sort of thoughts in the middle of her performance yeah says a, a lot to like me. you didn't buy the illusion no yeah uh, no i saw an actress working very very hard very hard <laughs> yeah yeah okay so a couple of facts about this movie so jody jody foster read some books that francois truffaut read whenever he was uh prepping for his similarly themed film l'enfant sauvage which is the wild child I believe that was a 1973 movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jodie Foster, or JFO, as I'm going to refer to her for the rest of this, uh, <laughs> declared that this is her favorite role, which 
question mark. Uh, Swedish punk band and South Korean indie rock band named themselves after this movie, so they're both called Nell. And uh, that's an interesting move. Yeah. And then... Um, Whenever she had the Donna Bay, Donna Mesa, Chica Bay, it reminded me of that Adriana Celestano. It's like in the 1970s in Italy, there was this guy, this guy who made a song in Italy that he thought sounded like English. So he would do like, it was just gibberish. Oh, so he's scatting English? 100%. And okay. then he would be like, all right. It would be like, da ba da ba da ba da ba all right. And it was like a huge hit. Okay. And it's actually, I, I'll play the song for you after. That's it's amazing. like actually a pretty decent mm-hmm. sounding song. Uh, but it just reminded, Donna Bay, Massachica Bay just reminded me of this song. It was just gibberish. Can I just say I'm super impressed by how easily that rolls off your tongue? Oh, I've been saying it all week. <laughs> Ever since I saw this movie, I keep going around and I'm like, Donna Bay, Donna Massachica Bay. <laughs> yeah. You're going to accidentally do it while you're thinking of your next joke on stage. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to think you're nuts. Donna Massachica Bay. So, um, you know. What I did think was really funny, this is very inside baseball for anybody listening, but mm-hmm. the guy that was delivering the food to the cabin in the woods at the very yes. beginning was literally our old agent at Yuck Yucks, Ryan Tonkin. Uh, like, literally the oh, long black say, hair. Thing face. I was like, did I Ryan? Miss that? Oh, no. Because okay. he had an acting career, so I thought yes, maybe did, that was yes. him. thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized about 15 minutes into the movie that Jodie Foster is not going to have any lines, it's just gibberish. It's yeah. all emoting. Mm-hmm. It's all Donna Mae Chica Bay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of body work, a lot of, um, yep. God, with the, uh, maybe a little bit of clowning. I'm, I'm thinking we used a to do bit. these exercises in <laughs> acting school, and I would think, like, what the hell am I ever going to do with this crap, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, they come out with nail. Um, but, yeah, I just, it's it stuck with me as... Um, a problematic the whole movie, a hundred percent. It is definitely and a not even the of most. its time. Yes, no. It it all these movies reek of the time that they were made. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Um, I do think that the moment for me that was a very impressive, very believable, very oh my god, this this is probably the Oscar scene yeah. is whenever she like wanders into that like honky tonk pool. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, pool, the pool hall, and yeah. then. She, like, takes off her top because, like, he's joking around about it. And then she doesn't understand the social gauche of a woman taking (laughs) off her top in public. (laughs) But, hey, all the power to it, right? It's not Mm -hmm. illegal. You can take off your top if you want. But, like, everyone was just standing there, like, shocked. And it's like, clearly this woman has some sort of a mental, um, I don't want to say disability, but, like, a hurdle, let's say. (laughs) Because she hasn't. She doesn't have the experience of living in the real world. So that scene, I thought, was a very brave, whoa scene in yeah. an otherwise very problematic performance. Yeah, abs- well, yeah, not even, again, the movie was more so problematic to me. Like, you're absolutely right. In that moment, she was 100% believable in what she's doing. Like, when you actually look at that on a script and you're seeing, again, no words, yeah. except for the idiotic lines that were given to these bullies, who I hated, by the way. <laughs> I know. I would have recast them in a second, especially the fat guy that reminded me of myself. No. I was just like, <laughs> get these losers out of here. Um but yeah, I mean, she makes that work. It is a, an actual moment that touches you in this bizarre movie and this weird experience that you're going through. I know. But that's Jodie Foster, man. I mean, she always makes it work somehow. She goes there. She, she commits it. to yeah, it. Yeah. I believe it. I buy it. I thought that um, the yeah, like you were saying, the like 
the weird tension between her and Liam Neeson where it's like, will they, won't they, was really creepy. Yes, yeah, and then it sort of extended into the research partner there, and like the, the love yeah. aspect, and even the, and again, I don't want to spoil anything, but the resolution of the whole thing. Oh, you can spoil it. This okay. is like a 20-year-old spoiler, like okay. or 30 practically at this point. Like, But that she essentially, in her own way, just says, don't worry about me, Jerry. I'm going to be okay on my own as a way to tie up the movie. I She's like, nah, I don't don't think so. You need some serious, serious help. I feel like the media at one point when they found out about this feral child was like getting really violent for the scoop. Yes, yeah. They were like bringing in a helicopter and like... Yeah, the helicopter scene was a bit... Over the lake right in front of her house. She's like, what the fuck? Like she's never even seen toilet paper and now she's looking at a fucking... She's freaking out like Kong trying to swing at the helicopter. It was... (laughs) It's just too much. You're like, I see the point you're trying to make, but you're just being too heavy handed. Yeah. Even the reporter, I mean, as dumb as that scene was, sort of made the point you're already trying to make there. I mean, so she won the Screen Actors Guild Award for this movie. So it was critically acclaimed. But again, it's like she at most was a supporting. But because this, there weren't really a lot of roles for women that were Oscar worthy at this time. Yeah. A supporting, you, you just get promoted to lead. Exactly. It's like Talia Shire in Rocky. She's in the movie for like 12 minutes and she's nominated for a lead actress. You're yes. like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Yeah. But uh, oh, the other another scene that I thought was really nice by her is whenever Liam Neeson takes her out of the hospital and then they're at that like motel thing mm-hmm. and she's depressed, she's lost, she's scared. And I think that all of her emotions non-verbally are very well communicated. Yes, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, she she gets her point across. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it is a challenging role. When it comes to, like, I, I when I grade all these people, I, I often think of, like, almost swimming, or uh, diving, I should say, level of difficulty here. Yeah. So she would be right at the top end of that. Like, yeah. this is not a part, like, a lot of actresses throw this one on the floor and they see her, like, no, yeah. I'm not taking that risk. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely right. insane. Right. But give it up for Jodie Foster for having the courage to do and uh, I'd like to ask her again if she's still most proud of this performance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, up. Clarice, come on, Jody, fantastic. Yeah. That performance was spot on. And it's, uh, you know, I can rewatch it. doesn't feel weird. Yeah. I don't feel like I need a shower when I'm done. <laughs> it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think at the very end of the movie, she does finally learn English and she does have one English line. And she basically, to the kid that's also named Nell, yes. is like, she's like, oh, it's all going to be okay or something yeah. like this. Yeah. So she did have one line. Yeah, she kind of belched it out like she did. East be okay or something like yeah. that. It was almost in English. But it yeah. was, I think, meant to show a little program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To suggest that time is best. But it went five years, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I don't really have... So I think... Do you have anything else that you would like to add before we move on? I would say, uh, yeah, great effort in a bad movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a high level of difficulty it was i gotta say fairly consistent performance all the way through so bravo to her bravo to her yeah and uh i will sign off i will sign off with a donna bay donna mesa chicka bay <laughs> all right so the next person that we're going to be talking about and this one i'm really excited to talk about is mm-hmm. susan sarandon in the client so Okay, I am not a fan of John Grisham. I am not a fan of his books. I am not a fan of his movie adaptations. I hate the religious undertones and the all-American boy (laughs) themes that he has in all of his stories. That being said, I will consider Susan Sarandon's performance as just its own entity, and then I will keep my feelings about John Grisham and all of his... (laughs) That's what we're here for, Just tropey, contrived plots away from Susan Sarandon. So in this movie... 
the fact that she is nominated for an Oscar is hilarious to me because this is a meh movie and she in the movie, for anybody listening, it's basically like a witness relocation situation for a kid and then Susan Sarandon is the lawyer that is uh, trying to help defend him. Now, anybody who has not seen this movie, basically Susan Sarandon's character and struggle throughout the entire movie is the following, is wait a minute, whoa, slow down for a second. Are you telling me that you are a lawyer and a woman? There's the first, this is our first conflict. Uh And the second, to add depth to her character, she's a recovering alcoholic, okay? And they need to make reference to this pointlessly a hundred thousand times. The kid is like, are you drunk? Are you on drugs? She's like, I haven't had a drink in three years. What fucking kid would even understand? Where was his mother, by the way, through this whole fucking movie? I, this movie is comedy. This movie is not a serious movie. If you're watching it, if you're watching this movie being like, we're going to roast this movie, it's going to be a funny, campy movie that we can sit down. This movie was not serious at all. Um, I mean, I think it was at the time. I think they like, again, the 90s, now watching this movie really made me reflect again that the 90s were weird in that I didn't even realize that there was all these movies coming out trying to show lawyers as heroes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the Matthew McConaughey one, uh, A Few Good Men, This mm-hmm. Thing, and... Uh, in retrospect, yeah, I just don't care. Uh, you're absolutely right about the uh, blatant sexism right off the top. The kid, some of the crap that comes out of the kid's mouth. I know. But she's just a woman, all this stuff. You're just like, oh, God, the things that we used to let slide in the 90s I know. is un- unbelievable. Um, my problem with her <laughs> performance in this is, uh, much like you said, it requires nothing of her. The emotional range in this is, oh, I burnt my toes. That's about as far as we go. There's even points in the writing, uh, and again, this is more on the writing than on her, but like Mm -hmm. when uh, the kid is trying to escape the boat right at the end as the murderers are there and see, she doesn't even really look that panic about it. She's just kind of having fun. She's like, come on, get out of there. (laughs) There's a guy, Billy the Blade. It's just like, there's just no stakes in this whatsoever. I know. Uh, and yeah, so that's, I just, again, I mean, she's fine in it, but this is just her wheelhouse. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the Southern charm girl. I mean, that's, yeah. that is Susan Sarandon. Like, yeah. I feel like she could have done this sleepwalking, it, uh, which like you said before, I think points to how slow movies were that year that this, you know, it's, it's a Saturday afternoon kind of forgetful movie, but I, this got her nominated yes. and you're just like, I know that's she's nominated based on her past record. Yeah. That the fact that she's done so many great things before on Louise. and she did. Uh, and then this was a somewhat commercially successful movie. Like yeah. it got decent reviews at the time. And so I think and it's her star power that drove the movie. She was lucky enough, like Jodie Foster to actually have a little star power. Yeah. So in that way, it's kind of nice. But yeah, as far as her uh, lexicon, I, I, this is not getting that high on the list for me. She's done far more significant things, in my opinion. You know? I mean, you, like you said, this movie is not asking much of her. Like, can you? What's the most emotional thing she does with this? She has a little scene where she's up in the attic, kind of going through the kids' stuff. You know, what I mean, they're trying to 
you know, because she's making a bond with this new kid and it yeah. makes her think about her old kids. But even that's like three seconds long. And she kind of gets misty over, a, you know, some school project the kid made. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure, great. That, that was, there was no Oscar moment. No, there, not that it I was, could find. It was like a, it was like, she, she did what was asked of yeah, her for the role. Bad. Was it Oscar worthy? Like, absolutely no. not. She won a BAFTA for Best Leading Actress for this, question mark. What? First, it's just, the whole movie was literally like, she's drunk and a woman, which is yeah. so difficult because she's also a yeah. lawyer. They just and she kept, has a boy's name, so yeah. it's very confusing. I know. It was, it was so, it like, it was, it was like, Everything in this movie was so frustrating to watch because, like you're saying, there wasn't much asked of her. And then whenever she did deliver, she delivered exactly what was asked of her, but it wasn't really much. Like, okay, so, okay. So the kid that in question that the mob or whatever is coming after, his trailer, let's call her Trailer Swift. Yeah. (laughs) She is the mama. Yeah. And she is absent, does not give a shit where her, let's call him Cletus is the son. She does not care where Cletus is. She does not know where Cletus is. Not only did they never go back to Trailer Swift being like, how does she feel about all this? Because her other son is in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And she's just with him. And she has no depth. She has no arc. She has not learned anything. She has not grown. She has not changed. At the end of this movie, the only change that Susan Sarandon is demonstrating to the audience, she put her hair down. <laughs> yes. Okay? She... Her hair was up, tied yeah. up in a clip the whole movie. And then at the end, she's wearing a leather jacket and her hair is she down. She can relax now. And now she is, <laughs> she is changed. She might have a career now as a lawyer. I mean, that's the only journey that she's gone on. Presumably, she's famous now, I guess. I think that they thought she... She, well, I think that the Academy was like, well, Lorenzo's oil, well, Thelma Louise, well, oh, and, sure. you know, and then people are thinking, just give it to her. It's a career moment. Yeah, yeah. If she would have won for this Oscar, I would have gotten into a time machine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. gone up on stage yeah. and bitch slapped her. I would have just been <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely not. No, 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 you no, do no. not deserve this. That's Oscar. when you pull the Kanye. I'm going to let you talk yeah. in a second, Susan. Okay. But first I got to say, I none of these people should win. <laughs> also, Tommy Lee Jones is in every one of these I know. These How movies. disappointing too that uh, Sarandon shows up in two of these films and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Like I forgot that he was, I guess, a handsome leading man at this point. <laughs> and they're just like, ugh. Tommy Lee Jones was actually Winona Ryder in Little Women. That was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about some nice moments in this movie. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's got, you know. Okay, okay, here we go. This was a moment that I thought was really good for her. This is a shining moment. She yeah. has amazing aim when she's shooting the gun. Oh, yes. That yes. was a highlight for <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, I will be honest with you. Um, I think... That's it. <laughs> yeah, there's not. I, there's not a whole lot. And again, like you said, it's a very sort of uh, fill in the blanks. Uh, you know, who killed the cat kind of movie. Like it just hits the fucking <laughs> most predictable notes. Like yep. the fact that they gave her the compass so she never loses her way. Like, yep. Like, it, it just makes you think. Is that the first idea that came to your mind? Because yep. I feel like we could have been a little more subtle on that. But. Yeah, that just the message is they, they really pound everything home. There's no subtlety or nuance no. to this, which again, uh, credit to her is that she kind of in her in her charming way, sort of 
spreads it out a little bit, makes yeah. it a little easier to swallow, a little more palatable. Yeah. Uh, the cast in this is ridiculous, too. Like, I almost got distracted. Like, I think the only reason this works at all is because she is actually surrounded by some good actors yes. all over the place. Absolutely. But they're all acting in, yeah, like a kind of a cheesy, quick read John Grisham book. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I just... Um, and I think this is at the end of a bunch of other ad- adaptations that maybe did a little better. Right? Well, the Pelican Brief had Julia Roberts in it. Yeah, and I sound. love Julia Roberts, obviously. Oh, yeah. and, and even in that, I was like, pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not a fan of John Grisham. I'm just nah. not. I find I find the plots very confusing, and there are certain ways of letting the audience know about I'm not saying you need to dumb it down, but no. I think that there's an easier way to communicate plot transitions and plot points. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I th- listen, we, bo- we both know that I, I, I do not care for this movie or, or care for John Grisham, <laughs> yeah. but talking about things that, that I do like. So um, she lost her own children or custody of them as a result of her drinking and alcohol yeah. habit. Fine. So the one nice moment that I thought that she had at one point whenever she's feeling like she can't find Cletus, mm-hmm. she goes to her storage room, basement, locker, whatever, and then she pulls out her kids' baby shoes. She has a nice little emotional moment. Yeah. That is a 20-second moment in, like, a two-hour movie. They think that was basically the only emotional moment. Otherwise, it's just kind of this, like, buddy picture almost. A little bit. Um, Turns into a bit of a road trip movie. A little bit of a road trip. She goes full thumb on Louise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to just forgive the plot at that point because they're just not making decisions that make any sense anymore. You absolutely do. You need to just accept it for what it is. and you Because even The Firm, when I watch The Firm and, you know, you see Holly Hunter go down on uh, Gary Busey, you're like, just give her the Oscar for that. That was awful. And then even even The Firm I have a hard time watching. So... So in so in this particular like even the mother, the hillbilly mother, Trailer Swift, who basically Susan Sarandon is doing this pro bono. There was no terms of how much she was getting. She hillbilly mama made it so difficult. She just she hates angry lawyer woman. She she has to make her life so fucking difficult inexplicably. Yeah, and it then was immediately so... apologizes for it, which was confusing as a plot point. It, You're just... like, it was her only arc, and then you immediately had her retract it. <laughs> I, 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 I it feel strange. like there are people listening to this podcast that are like, well, I liked it. I don't care if you liked it. I okay. hated this movie. Yeah, some people like cold porridge. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, yeah, I am such a huge fan of Susan Sarandon. Yes, and yes. I, so for in the movie, like a stepmom. How was she not nominated for that movie, but she's nominated for this? Oh, yeah, because the roles for women weren't great at this time. Yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating. She was clearly, this was clearly a career nomination. I understand, but it's, this is, it's just sad. It reminds me of sports sometimes, like they talk about makeup calls, like when a ref misses one penalty that he should have called on your behalf, he'll call maybe a questionable one later to even things out. I see. This is sort of that, like I feel sometimes actors win awards for their past work, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like, here, we're throwing you one, because like you said, maybe it was a slow year or this or that. Or they just felt, you know, we honestly missed it. Maybe you should have had that. Yeah. <laughs> or if we could, we would have given two Oscars. But, <laughs> but again, I, I this one, I think, just uh, just a bad year for a movie. And in fact, Susan should probably be a little embarrassed she didn't win this year. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I just want to mention that uh, making a sports reference on a gay men's podcast is very hostile. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Retracted. <laughs> okay, so uh, the fi- my final sign-off for this, of this mm-hmm. ridiculous movie, was what private 
jet budget does the witness relocation program have? Because oh, yeah. Trailer Swift and Cletus and the other kid that was passed out, let's call him Dale. <laughs> sure. They all just get on a private jet and they get whisked away to Connecticut. <laughs> Which is, I guess, their paradise. You know? Maybe that's how Connecticut builds their population. That's how people come into Connecticut. And now I'm like, I want to witness a murder. I yeah, want to go to Connecticut. Say much about yeah, your state, but you can just get lost here. Nobody cares. Um, but I okay. I'm gonna sign off on Susan Serenity, and I'm just gonna say, um, Susan, you're fantastic as an actress. This role did not demand enough of your talents and i think that you did what you were supposed to do but the fact that you were nominated for an oscar i think is not an insult but this is just outrageous a compliment in a way of just like you were just gonna it's you, it's you so here you go yeah yeah um also, I think that Trailer Swift and Cletus and Dale, I think they basically just watched one episode of Beverly Hillbillies and they're like, got it. Um, can I just say side note? And I know we're not supposed to talk about other performances, but Billy the Blade? <laughs> what the holy hell was going on there? He didn't wear a shirt the whole movie until the very end when he's about to get murdered and he's wearing one of those see-through mesh shirts. I'm like, I, I don't know if that was a point to play the stupid gangster, but you nailed it. If that was the point, <laughs> you fucking nailed it. The sheer top with the with the nipples. I just like, yeah. I don't know where this kid is coming from. I mean, it was Johnny Versace at the time. Like that look yeah, was yeah. very hot. I'm and very homoerotic. I wasn't complaining. A victim of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I wasn't complaining. No. Okay, so let. do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we move on? No. I love you, Susan Sarandon, and I hope you bought something nice with that check. Yeah. <laughs> I second sure. that. Okay, let's talk about Miranda Richardson in Tom and Viv. So, speaking of movies that are just awful. Oh, I, thank God. This movie could have been like about 45 minutes left. Less, and you could have been like, okay, or here's more. the thing. Miranda Richardson, um, yeah. in the movie, I think, I think the movie's called Damage. Uh, yes, I think I'm I think just I gonna look this up ago. to confirm. I'm usually wrong about uh-huh. these things. I'm, I have a terrible memory. I smoke I a know, lot of yeah. drugs. Uh, but she in this movie is giving 110. percent This oh, yes, is yes. Miramax. Uh, Damage is the movie. What is called? Yes. yes. Um, this is Miramax. This okay. is Harvey Weinstein Gross. Oh. This is his Oscar campaigning. This movie was not well received. It was not critically acclaimed. It probably made like 20 bucks at the box office. Okay. So her nomination, because she was nominated for, uh, I believe, the Golden Globe. She was nominated for a BAFTA. She was nominated for an Oscar for this. Um, in this movie, she is the wife of, excuse me, Tom. T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot, thank you. <laughs> that is, yeah, there yeah. we go. And she plays Viv, the wife, with yeah. um, a hormonal imbalance that is perceived as like an intense mental illness. With moral insanity, I think there were. Moral insanity, which I'm like, that's me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I totally have moral right. insanity. So in the movie, um, Willem Dafoe, who just haunts my dreams, another alter to yeah. haunt my dreams because sure, yeah. there are so many versions of him in so many movies that I've seen where he just terrifies me. Yeah. Um, in this movie, uh, he is playing T.S. Eliot. He's American, but he keeps... <laughs> He keeps throwing in things like home at last yeah. or he just mistake or poet, poem, poetry. Yeah. This next P 
Purim. It got so the accent came and and went. Yeah. It was so frustrating to watch. And then you have Miranda Richardson, who frankly is really the only reason to watch this movie. Oh yeah. She's the crazy she's a wife, man, yeah. <laughs> and she's giving it hundred and ten percent. Clearly, she is yeah. a thespian. Clearly, yeah. she is an actress. Clearly, she knows what she's doing. Oh yeah. This is a horribly boring movie. This is uh, honestly she. Saved it, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I guess if you um, saved it, maybe a strong term. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, she's the only thing that's watchable in this movie. Yeah, the only thing. Um, like you said, I agree 100. Uh, percent And I am a big, big Willem Dafoe fan, and I will say this is far and away <laughs> the worst performance. <laughs> he is so flat. Yeah, oh, the accent yeah. thing is confusing. Um, the but. Every single corner of this film, I have a problem with the writing, yep. the purpose of the story itself. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the point is you're trying to make with this. Yeah. I did. I, I, it was so bad, I had to actually read a review. And one complimentary thing that was said about it was um, that in a lot of these biopic movies, that uh, the people that they're made about are too aware of the fact that their lives are going to be talked about later. Do you know what I mean? Right. They almost seem to have an inside track on their their destiny. Where this one does not. <laughs> it shows nothing uh, great or anything special. But again, it, I have a little bit... Uh, so many of these films that we're talking about have to deal with mental health and stuff like that. Yep. And so I guess this is her movie, uh, but it doesn't feel like it. Again, no. it's too much about him. Yeah. And it's an awful bore every single time he's on. Uh, and like I feel like the story goes nowhere <laughs> when she's not around. Yeah. And yeah, it's like she's acting in a completely different movie. Like yeah. she had one idea of yeah. this character, but the director and the rest of the actors and everybody else had a totally different idea of how this movie's going to look. And so, yeah, she just looks like a crazy woman. I, I mean, I guess that is the point, but yeah. she seems totally out of place in this. Um, and like you said, it's a shame because she's like, she's really getting there, dude. I mean, yeah. She's like, Doing everything she can with the material she has, yeah, and just yeah, throwing everything at the wall. She's and giving. She's giving one hundred ten percent. Yeah, I mean, when the movie opens, you know, you see like a British lady under a parasol being taxied around in a boat in the English countryside, and you're like, oh no, yeah, yeah. You're like, this is not going to be a good movie. <laughs> like, you can just tell immediately yeah. it's going to be like a period drama that takes place in the English countryside, and everyone's saying goodness. Yeah. Things like this. Actually, yeah. And you're just like, oh my God. You're like, okay, fine. I, I love Downton. I'll get into it. I love me some Maggie Smith. I love like yeah. Gosford Park. Like, I, like, let's just do this. Yeah, we did that. Let's get it. We did yeah, do this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. We got into it. And then you're watching it and you're like, oh no, that's not what this is. No. And Miranda Richardson, I will say in this movie, is, I wouldn't say necessarily one note because it is kind of like, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. But then sort of at the end, whenever you see her have clarity and you find it was a hormonal imbalance because menopause like took care of the hormonal imbalance that she was experiencing and then she was totally fine. And then you feel bad for her because you realize that like her whole life was taken away from her from a misdiagnosis and then no one visits her anymore. And she's just this lonely person who is who believes that she had this craziness. This is where I get a little confused at the end. Because it's almost like when they say, yeah, she has this, it turns out, oh, by the way, she's not crazy. She has this hormonal balance. But then she almost rejects that and proves that she is, in fact, crazy. (laughs) And so I guess 
like it's the point of this i was trying to derive some sort of meaning from this is that she was told that she was crazy for so long that she literally became it because like you said she obviously has lucid moments yeah she allows herself to be committed by answering that question wrong she knowingly does it wrong i got it wrong that's the whole reason they have the scene in the beginning so yeah. you can you see that she makes this certain choice that she does that for her husband but the problem is their chemistry was completely absent. Again, <laughs> I know. They're, like, this should have been all about, he should have been the backdrop in this movie, where she at times became the backdrop in this movie. And yeah. the movie is I, presumably about her, is it yeah. not? But way too much Willem Dafoe talking about nothing. I, I agree. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. You're like, where is this? Is this about her or is this about T.S. Eliot? It's like they're trying to please everybody and ironically yes, please nobody. Nobody. And her performance gets lost. And you're, it is one note that it is because... They wasted too much time just kind of just circling the drain forever about is she, isn't she crazy? Yeah. Instead of actually getting into the the real issues that came with that, like the fact that it was tearing, like like you can see the the bones of it where he's talking to uh, his mother and the priest about how he's deeply in love with this woman, but they can't do everything, they can't do anything without it being a problem, you know? Yeah. That is the thing, you're supposed to be balancing the marriage versus the mental health and it really became about, oh, he's embarrassing, or she's embarrassing this man. And, oh, look what happened. Like, Tia said, Elliot, how did he become famous with this this ball and chain, this anchor? I'm like, this. I don't think this is the message. Like, what you're actually putting out versus what I think you're going for. Right. I think, yeah, if, like... Like, thematically, the, it was the, just The confusing. waters are too muddy. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yes. you didn't... You sat on the fence, um, and it, it affects her performance, I'm afraid to say, like... They didn't write the movie they wanted to. Like, I, I don't feel like this is the project they meant to put forth. Yeah. And it affects her. Like, it makes her one note again. It it didn't allow her to get to um, to show more nuance in the performance. Uh, flipping, like, if you've ever, like, I, I had a grandmother with Alzheimer's. And you, those moments where she goes from uh, lucid to illucid, you know what I mean? That the frightening realization that you've been gone for, that like, it, it didn't right. get her a chance to hit those notes. Because again, it just circled around Willem Dafoe way too much. And way too much. It's not the point of the movie. Like when you even read the breakdown of the movie, it's all about the hormonal balance of this woman. But yeah, she's just not on screen enough for it. It's it's so crazy to me that this movie was not well received. It was not critically acclaimed, and it, she gets nominated for an Oscar. That again, it's yeah. just the, we see that this whole lineup of nominees was like, sure? Yeah, well they want great actresses to come to the the Oscars, Yeah. And so I think that's what they, they achieved here. They have great here. actresses, they just <laughs> yeah, don't have yeah. great roles. I mean, no. I mean, even her performance in um, uh, what is that Tim Burton movie where she it's like about the Headless Horseman Oh god, yes. And uh, I know what you speak of. <laughs> yeah. In that movie Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy think, Hollow. Yes, yeah. In that movie she is way more interesting and she's the villain and you love her. In Damage she's way more interesting. In this it is a little bit of a one note, but I will say that um, her character is probably a little bit more interesting than some of these nominees this year. Like yeah. I I would find her a little bit more interesting than like Susan Sarandon for example. Mm-hmm. Um and Miranda Richardson uh, in this movie, like whenever she's going around with like the fake knife the and it's like knife. a little toy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that that was like a oh my god moment. And then when you find out that it was a toy, I, I love 
I thought that was kind of funny because she thought it was funny, but then everybody... And then you understand that, like, during this time, the way that a woman's behavior is perceived is completely not only unfair, yeah. but, like, totally different to how it would be perceived today. Yeah. And... Absolutely. This, I, yeah. as a person that has a lot of mental health issues, it's like, I... I found that kind of interesting. And um, mm-hmm. I think that the moments that she has of clarity before the doctors come in and they're deciding like what to do with her, like before they find out that the toy was like a knife and then Willem Dafoe was like warning her, like, you know, like there's people yeah, out there. Yeah. And that was, I that conversation that she had, that was a moment of clarity that where she was lucid. And, mm-hmm. um, but I do agree with you where it's like, you're saying like with your own experience of your family and, and you do, see this, oh my God, like, where have I been, you know? And just when you say that, it's like, yeah, like, why wasn't there, like, she could have done more with it, I guess is what I'm kind of trying to say. It was very like, I'm crazy, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And again, I am... I think it, again, it goes back to directing a little bit, and the fact this movie didn't know what it wanted to be. Is it about her? Yeah. And the is she or isn't she crazy? Because I think that's where the rubber knife scene is supposed to be coming. As a viewer, you are not supposed to know in that moment if she's actually crazy or not. But right. even as I'm watching, I'm like, no, she's just she seems sane there. That seems. <laughs> I think the whole movie is supposed to be us being like, oh, I, I can't tell if she is crazy or not. Maybe she does have a problem or maybe she is just being set up like with lady problems because we were so, <laughs> so, so terribly naive about health back then. You know, right. and, and they, again, they just missed the mark all over the place. Well, it wasn't a high stakes plot. And no. I think that it should have uh, been. She got committed for her entire life for other nothing other than having some bad hormonal problems. Like, but also, like, I wouldn't even describe her as crazy. No. The word that I wrote down was kooky. Yes, she yes, seemed yes. more like quirky, kooky. Yeah, she didn't yeah. seem crazy. No, like should, we've yeah. seen crazy on screen. We know, like, like we've seen tragedy. Girl Interrupted. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yes, like absolutely. we know what crazy is. Yeah, yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Whatever. Sure. Like yes. we know what crazy looks like, but. This is this is definitely not it. Like, sure, she trashes a hotel room at one point, but like, does that make her crazy or does that make her a rock star? Like, exactly, yeah. you know, like there, there's um, th- like the chocolate scene where she fills the the mail slot with chocolate. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> the yeah. girls scream. I'm like, so what? This Lick your fingers, fire. move on. Yeah, what the right. hell, later? <laughs> Um, I don't really have much to say about this performance or to this movie other than the fact that Miranda Richardson is an amazing actress and the fact that she got this uh, Oscar nomination I do think it was Harvey Weinstein Miramax's famous uh, campaigning skills and um, I don't recommend watching this movie I think Miranda Richardson is a fantastic actress in kind of a mm, movie Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that I think that she did what she was supposed to do with it but I think that there should have been more not a high stakes plot and I think that if she's going to be crazy, play crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, Tim, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have much to add to that. Yeah, <laughs> Again, she, I will. The only con- the the thing though that I thought was really nice was just at the end when you feel bad for her mm-hmm. and she looks like just a lot more calm, a lot more centered. Mm-hmm. I think that that for me was because kind of like okay, like yeah. there's been a change and you can see that she's strangely at peace with yeah. it. Yes, yeah. and it, it was it was sad. Yeah, well, they missed it because the because this was her great love, and I never at one point thought that at all. You know, no. <laughs> it never felt the love there whatsoever. Do you have anything else that you would like to add to Miranda Richardson's performance in Tom and Viv before we move on? I won't hold it against you. I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about Winona Ryder in the movie Little Women. So this was her second Academy Award nomination. Her first was for. Um, uh, 
uh, The Age of Innocence in a supporting role. And this was the year when Anna Paquin won for the piano. That was one of the first episodes that I did in this podcast. And I actually selected Anna Paquin as my winner um, because, and again, I'm going to separate this. So Little Women, I'm not going to go through like a whole... If you don't know what Little Women is about, like, I mean, there's so many versions of it, but basically it's like, what, the 19th century and and like four women plus Susan Sarandon as their mom living in a, in a house in the countryside and their father's off to war. And there is, and this is the most unbelievable part of the plot, is the fact that there are five women living in one house with one bathroom and there is no drama. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I lived in a house, a small house yeah. with three other women with one bathroom and it was so much fucking drama all the time. So, um, I'm very aware that I'm watching a movie. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, this is a classic, uh, you know, and, uh, in the movie, Winona Ryder plays Joe, the lead character, um, Greta Gerwig did an updated version with, um, uh, Saoirse Ronan. I love that version. I love that movie okay. from start to finish. Like, Easily one of the best pictures that year. Love, love, love that movie. I do not like this movie. That's interesting. I do not like... Here's the thing. Everybody thought that Winona Ryder was going to win for The Age of Innocence because Daniel Day-Lewis was like, goodness, or whatever it is yeah, that yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> says. Yeah, yeah. He knew. He was like, you got this. Like, yeah. There's no way that Anna Paquin at like 9 or 10 is going to win. And then she did, and then it was like, oh, fuck. Winona Ryder, when she was nominated for this Oscar, everyone really thought that it was between her or Jessica Lange. And then people thought that her and Jessica Lange were going to cancel each other out. And then Miranda Richardson and Susan Sarandon were going to cancel each other out, like voting wise. Okay. And then Jodie Foster was going to walk away with her third Oscar. So this was this was how people thought. But the odds on favorite ultimately was Jessica Lange. But the thing that everyone said about Winona Ryder was like, well, she still has 20 years to win. Okay, because uh, what that means is like your career is over when you're 40 as a female in Hollywood, which not that much has changed. So Winona Ryder at the time was kind of like the anti-it girl, it girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, in this particular time, I remember Winona Ryder being like the biggest fucking star in the world. Oh, yeah. And then the klepto thing happened and then she just disappeared, which is really sad because I love Winona Ryder. And this is what I'm going to separate before we continue talking about this movie. I am always, and this is her younger performances, not yes. her performances now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna separate this, but I will just say I am always very aware that I'm watching Winona Ryder in a role. I have yeah. never, in her earlier work, seen her lose herself in her role. I never, except for maybe Lydia in Beetlejuice, <laughs> I true. never really believe that it's the character. I'm yeah. very aware that I'm watching Winona Ryder acting. Yes. I don't believe that it's, I, maybe that's a personal thing. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to separate that feeling and just <laughs> look at this movie yes. as its own entity and and I'm just going to go along with it. Because yeah. um, Winona Ryder in this movie is great but this movie is so fucking boring because in comparison to Greta uh, Gerwig's version it's when you have something to compare it to yes and you go back and watch this was I must have paused this movie I think six times (laughs) sure sure. I fell asleep at one point and then I was like fuck and then I had to like go back it took me almost an entire day to watch this movie yeah I'm not a fan I've been there and that being said yeah (laughs) 
what did you think about this movie? <laughs> well, and now, now this is fascinating because I have only in my life heard and made reference to this movie. I've never read the book, never seen any of the movie, so I was actually okay. kind of excited to I finally. I, I often uh, uh, going into this would reflect on uh, that episode of Friends where they trade books and Rachel gets The Shining and Joey gets Little Women and he becomes very emotionally attached <laughs> to the characters. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of, I want to know why this is a classic. Yeah. And then having watched it, you're like, oh, okay, this is like some sort of turn of the century yeah. tween romance porn yes. <laughs> with a bit of a weird Lifetime Christmas movie yeah. sort of spin on it. A feminist yes. storyline, strong yes. feminist themes for the time. Very strong. Yeah, so I, I imagine when I think about when the book was written and all that, that, that this was, I suppose, very progressive sort of attitude. Absolutely. Um, but it does, uh, and again, I haven't seen this other version that you speak of. I am very curious to see it now because there are many choices in the, in the, in the Winona Ryder version that I found baffling. Like from right from the get go, when I first saw the sort of town as they were kind of panning over where they live, I was just like, "Oh yeah, I, I can see that you taped this in the '90s." Right away, I was like, "I'm right. getting none of this sort of rustic vintage." But whatever, we'll leave that. And little things went annoying me. You're like, "Oh, we so poor," and then you see their house, and you're like, "Bitch, that's the White House." Yeah, it is. what? And like, are you living in the basement and serving people? Oh no, you got the whole house. Yeah. What the fuck is that about? Yeah. But like you said, given everything, the material, uh, sort of, you know, this weird sort of you know, Christmas background they got going on here, and and, and the scope of the story, where it, it kind of does take over, the, well, almost a decade or more, the story goes, uh, takes place over. Given everything and the, and the role that she was asked to do, and I get, like you said, uh, knowing Winona versus what she's doing in this movie, I have to say I, it was a very good performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very difficult text. Like when you read, yeah. like, like what passes for fun uh, this time <laughs> when they when they're dancing around and singing these Christmas songs. Like Carrot part cigars. of me would be like, oh my yeah. god, how do you make this real? Like how do you get into that? Like, yeah. And I will give it to all of them. They're they're really going for it. Again, a great cast of people. She's lucky to be surrounded by some terrific actresses. Yeah, but Susan. Brandon, who frankly was a lot better in this than she was yes, although, in I the mean, client. How could you mistake? How could you make a mistake with this altruistic, perfect, wonderful mother character who had yeah. again no emotional journey whatsoever, except that her husband gets sick for a hot second. He comes back and then he just kind of fucks off again. Yeah, it's it's because uh, the movie is when you look about it, it's her. What I like about it, it's her book that you're reading. Yes. Like, you, you don't understand that that this is sort of the final product of what she's working on in the movie until you get towards the end of it. So, I, I, again, I thought she really bought into it. And, again, being a fan of Winona back in the day, knowing that she was, and essentially yeah. she was more of a Nell than Jodie Foster was, um, she really sells it to me. I, I was like, I was actually impressed by her level of commitment yeah. to this almost... Um, I mean, I know it's supposed to be a real person in real times, but yeah, it, it, it feels very unrealistic. Like the yeah. like, it almost hard to believe that these times existed in yeah. reality. And yeah, in some way they did. Maybe not as as picturesque as this, but um, I was impressed with the level of performance she showed. A lot she had, as far as range goes, like asking uh, of her. I felt like, even though most of these performances were fairly limited in that sense, that she had a wider range that she had to go through like uh, from just the, being the child you know the spoiled little sort of 
I don't know what you would call it. Not even spoil. I mean, I guess she's spoiled in a sense, but she's she's her mother, essentially. She's the fighter. She's sort of the unofficial leader. Like, everybody looks to Joe for some sort of guidance because she seems to be the strongest of the children. Do you yes. know what I mean? Um, well, she's the smartest. She she's seems the to academic. Be the, yeah, the most talented one, yeah. And in the new version with mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig, they make that so much more clear. They well, make yes. it so yeah, much more good. interesting because in this, it almost seems like, or maybe it's just because I have Greta Gerwig's version just implanted into yes. my brain. So I'm, have a bit I'm, of being, a recency I'm being biased yeah, yeah, and being yeah. unfair. But it, for me, it's like it almost seemed like her education and her gifts and her ability, mm-hmm. uh, her precociousness, it was yeah. like an afterthought. And it was yeah. like, oh yeah. Also, I wish that they had just expanded on that a lot mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's a good note. I think that the, I do think that where it really comes in, where you really see the acting, is for example when Christian Bale uh, <laughs> yes. proposes to her. Who I was not ready for in this movie. Oh I had no god. idea he was. Oh my god! Okay, like, let me. Okay, okay wow. I okay, we're gonna get into this. Sure, we're gonna get into this. But I sidetrack. So then, she, so Christian Bale, so he proposes to her, and her reaction where she's basically like, "I don't want to get married because I want to. I want a life. I want to yeah, be freedom, independent." Yeah. And you know, uh, that reaction to that whenever uh, mm-hmm. Beth. Uh, dies. Oh, that's a good lord. <laughs> you know, whenever she's reacting to all of... It's like the first hour of the movie, I'm like, yawn. But then yeah, in the last... In the next hour, or maybe the next, like, the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie, that's when Winona really brings it. You yeah. see, like, her growth. You see her change. You see her emotional reaction. You see her, like, literally grow up. Yes, yeah. It's sort of... Um face some of her own challenges like when the professor Friedrich kind of throws it in their face and be like yeah good writer but you're not writing anything this is this is essentially tripe you know what I mean Friedrich in this movie was a 200 year old vampire by the way (laughs) the actor playing him I was like ugh because she was in Bram Stoker's Dracula I'm like did they they just pull him over from the cast or something he was so creepy well the whole thing about the the ages and the and the just getting rid of women like that I mean, I know it's a part of the time, but it also kind of like distracted me at times. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that this was a reality. So common. And that you were right on the, the fact that she's allowed, that her mother says, yeah, go, just go off go and be yourself it. into the city was an act of revolution back then. But oh, you're right. 100%. They sort of don't really make a point of that. Of mentioning Not enough that. of it. No, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of creepy older relationships going on there. Okay, so Kristen Dunst in this movie is the young... Uh, no, not the young Beth. No, Claire. No, da- no Claire Danes dies. Yes, yes. So this is Claire Danes' film debut. Uh, oh. And in the movie, fun fact: her hair caught on fire uh, while carrying candles up the stairs, and that's how she landed the role. No, I'm joking. She just—that's <laughs> why like, she's nailed in the it. Yeah, and they're like, we don't want you to sue, so no. we'll just give you the <laughs> yeah. role. Um, uh, so in this movie, so Kirsten Dunst is very young, almost like Interview with a Vampire Young. Yeah. So in this movie. Uh, Okay, and she's so at one point, <laughs> yeah. she gets replaced because time has passed yeah, yeah. by Samantha Mathis. Oh, is that who that was? I knew I recognized her. They did not make it clear that this was the same character, or at least not to me, because at one point, Christian Bale has a mustache yeah. to suggest that time has passed. Yeah. Frankly, I think it would have been more clear if they just would have put a mustache on Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'd be like, ah, <laughs> yeah. time has passed. It's just sort of, yeah, glazed it was very over jarring. there, yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, whoa, who is this? And then it Because she's me the a, only one that changes, well, except for the mustache. Because well, in the new version yeah. with Greta Gerwig, Florence Pugh plays this character yeah. and does such a better job. Not and sure. she actually got nominated for a supporting actress Oscar. Well, good, for good for her. Yeah. I cannot stress to you how much better the new version <laughs> that came out with Saoirse Ronan. But I also have a soft spot for Saoirse Ronan and everything. Yeah, I just yeah. love her. But... The point is, is, I know that we're talking about Winona. It's just, I have I know, a lot of yeah. feelings about this movie. It's an important When I finished this movie, after like a day of trying to finish it, I felt like the old lady in Titanic. I was like, it's been 84 <laughs> years. Like, yeah. I yeah. hate, I'm You're sorry. You're ready to chuck the blue I diamond. I <laughs> hated this movie, but listen, Winona, Winona really is the only reason to watch this movie. Well, I will say, like, even when you bring up um, Kirsten Dunst there, her is this small sort of, <laughs> you know, kind of bratty little child. Like, the one yeah. line where... Uh, Winona cuts her hair as an, a gift to give $25 to the treatment there. Um, she's like, you're one beautiful feature. Yes. <laughs> I was like, and you nail it. You nail that line. That's great. Yeah, so in my idiot brain, when the time passed, I was expecting adult Kirsten Dunst to be there. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> she can't do that. So I was equally disappointed when yeah. she wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, but it is an odd role to fill uh, when you have to do that kind of thing as a, what, a tween or whatever that new actress was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they could have made them. It's just sort of mentioned in the narration as uh, Winona's talking that, uh, oh, and Beth. So and this new girl happens to be on screen. You're like, you, yeah. you're supposed to immediately assume that's Bev, yeah. even though everybody kind of looks the same in this era. They're all wearing dresses and they're all beautiful kind of ladies. Yeah. It, it could have been made clear. Yeah, um, a lot of this movie could have been made clear. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. the new version, all of it was understood. Mm-hmm. I understood. I had to clarify plot points in my mind watching this by comparing it to the new version. Yes. I'm like, oh right. I would love to know how Christian Bale's character is handled in the new one. Timothy Chalamet. His weird obsession with being in the family, like he's literally going down the row of yeah. women. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like going down the list. You're yeah. such a whore, bro. I mean, yeah, they're fun family, but good lord, you're rich, man. Yeah. Um, I do uh, really think, though, that, yeah, the acting for Winona really comes out in the last 45 minutes. But you're right. This is yeah. a very... No, it takes a while to get going. So she doesn't really have a lot to do. There's a scene where uh, the kid throws the manuscript in there where she freaks out a little bit. But that's about it until a good, yeah, hour or so into the movie yeah. where she's allowed to go off. And then you see her actually... You know, I should say the, the Christian Bale scene, I guess, is where it starts. She really kind of... That's a great scene between the two of them. And then, yeah, yep. going through Friedrich, I, li- I actually like their relationship, but even though it's as gross as it was, yeah. thinking about those two may actually have sex because she still looks 13 yeah. and he looks 43 at least. More um, like so 433. He was a vampire. <laughs> He's a good actor. He has I don't want to on the set of Little Women. Yes. And again, it's just, it's almost off when you're like, because it constantly reminds you, so like, oh, yeah, this should happen all the time. <laughs> like, this sort of borderline pedophilia was just accepted at the time. It was that season's must have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Eric Stoltz, by the way, too. Hilarious yeah. in this movie. Just yeah. so uh, hilariously miscast. <laughs> Um, but again, Winona, I would say, like, this is this is something, if I'm Winona Ryan, I would look back and be like, yeah, no, I'm proud of that. I did good mm-hmm. there. I don't think she has anything to be embarrassed about no. by any means. No. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a boring ass movie. It's a boring ass sure. movie. Uh, it and makes me wonder. With Claire Danes, though, that I think those were her strongest. Oh yeah. What? I, by the way, I've never seen a more passive aggressive death in my life. That's <laughs> that speech, just ripping into like ripping into her chest and pulling out one of her heart. I just just die already. Yeah. Well, why are you doing this to her? 
Oh, my God. Uh, it's like when you texted me or when I was texting you, I was like, that's what I was crying about. That Beth was dying. And Claire Dane is a terrific actress. So yeah. I'm believing this. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, please, why? If I hope nobody says these things to me when I'm when they're about to die to me. Like, um, I thought I was borderline cruel what she was doing to that character. But oh, I, I but want. Claire Dane's God bless, man. She can make it work. She did. Yeah. She made a lot of it work. The scene where she, um, the baby that has Scarlet fever that she gets it from. <sighs> yeah, which I didn't realize that's what was happening until she mentioned it. I was like, oh, that's why you look so freaked out. Yes, <laughs> yes, like, yes, oh, yes. I forgot. Yeah, things like that were going around. Yeah, well, hundred, yeah, yeah, that was COVID. Yeah, That was yeah. their COVID. Which did beg the question, too. I was like, okay, if she got that easily from a baby, how is this whole house not dying now of tuberculosis? Yeah, like, they were I fine. Yeah. But, um, again, yeah, she's so great. She well, the, and that's, well, that scene where she is holding the baby and she's crying, mm-hmm. that wasn't scripted. So Claire Danes was also bringing a lot to this movie as well. And Winona and she, I thought, really had the best had the best scenes together and yeah. um, Winona obviously is like the best part of the movie. I mean, she's of course she's the great. central character. She's carrying it. She's, yeah. she's, she's really great in it. It's just, it's just like, for, okay. And she's can great you, cast, yeah. Well, oh, 100%. But like, mm-hmm. can you imagine if your family was like that happy and corny all the fucking time? I would, I would call the police. Oh my God, I would man. literally. It just makes me realize watching that whole thing, like I, how it was. Yeah, I, I just couldn't have done it. I could not have lived in this time. Like you'd be like, oh, you know, it's different. You wouldn't know what you're missing. I'm like, yeah, no, I think I would. Yeah. I just <laughs> feel like I'd be trying for TB at that point. Like, ugh, no, it was just disturbing. I'm, I did. It made me realize what a slave I am to modern conveniences. Yes. <laughs> but that was the great takeaway I got from that. Yeah. And you know. Uh, you know, just like yay feminism, I guess is what oh, I yes. took for that. But um, okay, so Winona, good job. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we move on to our winner? Um, uh, so far, I think one of the better performances we've talked about so far. Okay? I yeah. completely yeah. agree. Okay, so let's talk about Jessica Lang in oh, the yeah. movie Blue Sky. So I. Um, I've never seen this movie before. I've heard about it, but I was saving it for this podcast. But basically, like, aesthetically speaking, I'm obsessed with this movie because it took place in 1962. This is when Elizabeth Taylor won her Oscar for Butterfield 8. They even open on it, and they're like, finally, an Oscar. And Butterfield 8 is one of the campiest, most hilarious <laughs> movies. That's the year that Shirley MacLaine lost to a tracheotomy for the movie The Apartment. There was all this drama about it. When we did this episode on this podcast, I selected Elizabeth Taylor as the winner because it is such a funny, fun movie. Yeah. I don't know if that was the intention, but it's actually <laughs> worth the rewatch. Well, and so once I saw Elizabeth Taylor and how she styles herself after her in the entire movie, yeah. I immediately am obsessed with it. So basically, very quickly, what this movie is about. Jessica Lange stars in a period drama about a family moving to a military base and quickly becomes part of a cover-up involving nuclear bomb tests. And this is another movie with uh, Tommy Lee Jones where he's actually nice. And yeah, that was, was weird. Creepy. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was for weird. sure, yeah. Nice to see, but that was weird. So in the movie, Jessica Lange is the matriarch of the family. There's no fucking way she popped out those kids. Uh, no, they're not no, pretty enough, frankly. <laughs> and she's she is the wild child, free spirit, very sex positive yeah. Marilyn Monroe, if you will, mm-hmm. type of character. Greta Garbo, I think they literally call her in the beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she has a lot of mental health issues when she has freakouts. And mm-hmm. I literally was like, no, that's just hot people. Yeah. That, that's just what hot people do. Mm-hmm. Hot people, they people say they're crazy. It's just no, 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 no. Their whole life, they have been given everything because they're so gorgeous that when they don't get their way, if they throw a tantrum, people are like, oh my god, yes, let's go to Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. like just or whatever right and so that that's how i personally interpret it but basically uh this uh movie is actually jessica lang's character 
uh, Carly Marshall, is based on the mother of the screenwriter Rama Laurie uh, Stagner, who wrote this. Yeah. So it is actually based on a, a real thing. So she she clearly maybe she was bipolar. I don't know exactly what it was, but like, um, it's this hypersexual role that is very interesting to see from Jessica Lange because I think that during her career, she was trying to get away from that after the movie King Kong. Yeah. Because that was how yeah. she was labeled was like the dumb blonde. And she's known as a pretty strong feminist activist herself, is she not? Well, she was in this movie, Francis, that yeah. like this was the last episode. It's so funny that you asked to do this year because the mm-hmm. last episode that we did was Meryl Streep for uh, Sophie's Choice. Oh, right. And her biggest comp- competition was uh, Jessica Lange in Francis. Okay. And uh, she won that year supporting for the movie Tootsie. Mm-hmm. And then she got nominated again for the movie called uh, Country and um, uh, Music Box and uh, uh, what the hell is that other? There were she was nominated many times in the eighties. Okay. I think she has six altogether. They're like bookend Oscars. It was like she okay. first time she gets nominated, she wins, and then the last time that she got nominated, she yeah. won and for this movie. And um, this was probably the most watchable movie. Of all of them, this was definitely the one that I I love watching. Like uh, sort of a uh, a strong female character use her sexuality to get what she wants, and then you kind of see the consequences of how it can affect her marriage. And I love the way that Tommy Lee Jones admits that he loves when other men look at her. Look at yes, her, yes. and I liked that layer to it. Uh-huh, yeah, and for the time, that was probably very. A little risky. Yeah. To admit something. A little growl, you yeah, know? Yeah. And the fact that this is based on someone's real life. Imagine writing that about your dad. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, so this film, as I mentioned off the top, was filmed in 1990 by the uh, Orion studio. It got bankrupt, and then they couldn't release it until four years later when they were back in the black. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Jessica Lange was basically expected to win this Oscar, not because it was an undeniable performance, but because the group of nominees, as we have mentioned so many times, was so bland. And this was kind of the best of a meh bunch. Um, And most of the actresses, they said uh, at the time, were just nominated for the reputation, what their career stands for, not necessarily the performance in these films. Um, But... I will say this. This has nothing to do specifically to this performance, but just mm-hmm. in general, there is something to be said about the way that Jessica Lange holds a cigarette. <laughs> this yes. bitch can hold a cigarette. It's yeah. like Betty Davis could hold a mink better than no one. It was like, it was literally like, yeah. uh, or better than no one, better than everyone is what I meant <laughs> yeah. to say, no, I but I that. smoke a lot of drugs. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Lange holds a cigarette. If you just Google Jessica Lange's <laughs> cigarette, it's very... It's very classy the yeah, way that sure. she does it. I appreciate it's very Marilyn Monroe. It. I appreciate I mean. it. Yeah. It's from that point of view of somebody who knows they're being looked at. Do you know what I mean yeah. sort of like what Tommy Lee is like? Uh, and Marilyn talked about the two different Marilyns. You know, the one that's private at home and the one that's standing up on stage being stared at. Do you know what I mean she lives that character? At least lives her life. Yeah, as that other Marilyn. You know, the one that's constantly on on patrol or you know on display I should say yeah uh, and that's what I thought made her performance so interesting like right off the top uh, I hate the description of that movie I know. <laughs> like this is like I, I assumed this was based on a true story I, did, I, just, I was I really wanted to google it in the middle I was like no I'm just gonna let it keep going because the the plot makes no sense it's like this yeah. movie it, it seemed like they had this really great idea for this Jessica Lang role yes but you can't 
just sell a movie on Jessica Lange in 1995. And that's so what they were trying add, to do. Yeah, yeah. this weird nuclear backstory yeah. um, with Tommy Lee, because so people will come watch the movie, I guess. you know. Yeah. But, but it, it barely mentions her in that description you just read about the movie, which is... Is the biggest attraction from this movie. It's it's a it's her movie yeah. that they just kind of latch Tommy Lee onto, and it, it kind of blows my mind that the story has any sort of base of truth to it. But <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, because at one point, yeah, it gets away from this very interesting story about this woman who is sort of in love with a military man, and so is sort of forced to you know go from town to town to town, and all the sort of you know the. Uh, not drama that comes with that, but it's a difficult thing to live that life and never really have a home base and never be able to set your roots. Like that whole blow up in the beginning, uh, like the kids were expecting her to freak out as soon as she walked in the door because she does this every single time because yeah. this is how she gets through it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I, like you said, that doesn't seem crazy to me. That just seems like the symptom of a woman that's been moved around too much uh, who clearly had different ideas for her future like they yeah. sort of get into that when she talks about how she wanted to be an actress and everybody keeps telling her she should have been an actress and when she has that terrible scene when she has to walk back in right before the show yeah and she you know and she has to know. sit right next to the person whose husband she just slept with and she goes on that weird mini monologue about what people used to say to her and things like that that in my in my mind should have been the movie there that this movie should be all about Jessica Lange and this weird sort of divergence they go off into where she becomes all of a sudden the bimbo wife, but not in the sense that the movie's trying to accomplish is that, oops, I, I, I slipped up and I let the military put you in a, in a hospital. And the next thing you know, like it, Tommy Lee Jones is a drooling idiot. And you're yeah. just like, what? I, what? Why? So is this about like nuclear bombs and how the military is secretly poisoning us and the whole controversy about how they accidentally irradiated two cowboys and the whole angle we're like we're american and my government says it's okay so it's okay i'm like okay this is not the same movie i said what <laughs> what is this I, this is dumb this is a whole different tommy lee jones movie right now yeah whenever that is so funny that you say that because i literally wrote that down i wrote down the cowboys that refuse to help because dot 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 Reporting crimes is for sissies? Yeah. Question mark. It made no. That's their ten minutes faces of the film. were literally <laughs> melting. Yeah. They were like full hills have eyes. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, they got I'm scabs. gonna wake up and yeah. I'm gonna tame these horses because I'm an American. It was like, yeah. okay, cool, but you can also report exactly. what happened. And the director in the story makes such a big point, being like, oh, look at this great voyage she's going on to free the man that she loves, and they get down there, they're like, nope. And she's like, you're stupid. And then they drive all the way back. Guess what? He gets out of the hospital. You're like, I know. You just wasted 15 minutes of my time with this when we should be delving into this. Again, this character, but this woman, it's almost like she's in a different body. Do you know what I mean? Except yeah. she's in a different world. She shouldn't be living in this world that she is. Yeah. She's like, uh, when you try and. Um, plant uh you take a flower from like costa rica and try and put it in a garden in canada it's just gonna die you know it's gonna will it's in the wrong environment that i feel like is the theme of or should be at least the theme of this movie yeah because that's more interesting far the most compelling part of it right is her journey is great and she does it so wonderfully um like she 
plays that character. I mean, again, I, I don't think I've seen her in a whole lot else, but yeah. she nails that sort of, uh, yeah, 50s, 60s bombshell part. Like, even to the very way she holds her cigarette, yeah. the way they represent it, how she changes from Greta Garbo to Elizabeth Taylor. Like, yeah. you can literally see that she's she has a bit of an obsession with this. But again, like the movie doesn't allow her to get into it as much as I feel like they should have. I I completely agree with you. I think um, I really enjoyed watching her make a lot of poor choices mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the consequences that would happen as a result of that. It was a lot of her. It was it was like a lot of her good acting was like reacting yeah. um, to situations like whenever he throws her in the pool when she's just being a little too <laughs> handsy at the yeah, dance. Yeah. I thought that was interesting in the way that she sort of handles that. I think that the way that she navigates a lot of the movie, um, she's doing the best that she can with kind of a mm, script. Yeah. I I also love every time she'd have like a piece of cloth, she would go full Stevie Nicks and just sort of like spin. And I thought that was interesting, but, but one thing that I just found and I'm, I'm sticking to my guns on this. I do not feel that she was necessarily crazy. I just think that she no. was fucking gorgeous. And listen, I'm gonna say this again: when hot, like hot people, <laughs> yeah. they don't live in the same world that we they live, live in. They live in a bubble. Like when hot people, like when hot people, like ask you to do something, you just do it. Like if a hot person asks you to walk into oncoming traffic, you say what time? Uh, yeah. Like you yeah. know that that is yeah, just yeah. that is the world that we are all like yes. to their spell. And I think that she is probably just a person that's not used to hearing no a lot. You know? Yes. Uh, that that's my take. I don't necessarily think that she's crazy. I just think no. that she's gorgeous. I feel like yeah, she's um, the whole movie is about her being stuck. Basically. Like when the, remember, like when she's on the nuclear testing field and she's on the horse, and then yeah. suddenly all of the press arrives and she loves it. Yeah. She has that big. She's like, oh my god, like yeah, yeah get my. She close wanted up. to be a star. Yeah, the, the movie doesn't pay enough attention to that. Point. But you're so right. There is so much more of a compelling story about her journey yes. and like how she grew up and how she ended up there. That would be way more interesting than this sort of B plot yeah. about because it the yeah. uh, the um the cover up did almost seem like a little bit of an afterthought because it was so fast. It's like they, and again, this is, we're a victim of a time. We're talking about 30 years ago nearly, but literally you can tell people at the studio are just like, yeah, well, it just can't be about her. Yeah. You know I mean? It can't just be about this poor woman that's trapped on a military base. Like, no one's going to go see that movie. So they're like, oh, we found this story about a guy with a hot wife. And, oh, he was kind of involved in a cover-up. But yeah. It obviously goes nowhere, in, historically speaking. Like, this is whatever sort of point you were making on that behalf is just lost on me, too. I mean, the, it feels like they tagged on this extra oh, they did. crap just to... Yeah. Just so they could tell this interesting story about Jessica Lang, and it's unfortunate they just didn't let her have the movie. Do you know what I mean? Because there is some great themes going on, some great acting going on there, and it's just yeah, it, it just gets lost in this other story. It's it's frustrating. I think that this Oscar win was very much like, well, you've been nominated all throughout the '80s, but you've never won for lead, and you really. Sh- you Probably could have won for yeah. the movie Frances, although Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, that's like the greatest acting performance yeah, yeah, of all yeah. time. You can't really compete exactly. with that. So they're like, here you go. Yeah, here's another here's here's, one for you, here's too. Here's an Oscar, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so do you have anything else that you would like to add before we select who we think should have won? Uh, no, I don't think so. Although, yeah, this is one of my uh, 
earlier Jessica Lang experiences, and I enjoyed it. And I'll definitely check you out again. It makes me want to go back and see her other work. But I was just like, she's a dance. She very like much in the way Susan Sarandon is. She's very naturalistic. Yes, you don't see her working as hard as like other people yeah. do. You know, the, her. I mean, maybe I don't know how much of a divergence that is from her in real life, but it seemed pretty one to one to me. Uh, she is a master of voices, and she oh, really? does not get enough recognition for that. Her yeah. actual speaking voice is very soft, but in like American Horror Story or in Frances, she has a much more authoritative voice, sometimes an accent. I think in this, she has like a bit of a twang, you know? A little bit. A little bit. But if you are going to check out Jessica Lange movies, mm-hmm. the ones that I recommend um, are Music Box okay. and Frances. Yes. Um, those, you got to check those out. Those are really good. Okay. So you are my guest, so you will reveal who you think should have one okay and i just again because i feel like this answer may upset you (laughs) and let's put this in the context that it belongs it's a tough year to pick anybody here yeah but having said that and all the things i've said so far i think the oscar should have gone to winona Ryder. okay i think that she gives uh and uh, to be fair to the others, she has the best chance to succeed uh, because she is literally acting from uh, a book that's considered one of the greatest reads of all time, blah, blah, blah. Um, so from that point of view, she has an advantage. But honestly, um, she has to deal with the most range. She, I feel, had the biggest commitment as far as uh, carrying the movie goes. Like, uh, I mean, Susan Sarandon certainly does hers. Uh, and she is the lead of that film, uh, without doubt. But again, I, I just don't think it asked a lot of her, especially someone so talented. Uh, and where now you reflect that against a, a young Winona Ryder doing a very challenging text in a very almost unbelievable environment, or at least to us in 2022, um, I thought she had the most to deal with and uh, pulled it off fairly flawlessly. And uh, yeah, it uh, it makes me, again, want to watch more of her and and I understand why she didn't get it because she's the rookie on that list. But right. honestly, I thought she did the best job out of all of them. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, okay. So I think that the Oscar should have gone to. Jessica Lang for Blue Sky. Here's the thing. I actually was going to select Winona Ryder. Uh-huh. However, yes. having seen Saoirse Ronan's version in Little Women, I much prefer that performance and I much prefer that version. And another reason why I would have said Winona Ryder is because I feel like she should have at least one Oscar at this point in her career that just unfortunately fizzled out for stupid, stupid reasons. (laughs) Um, So I was going to say Winona Ryder, but I just love Jessica Lange in this movie so much. And I just love how like flamboyantly like again here's that word crazy she is Mm -hmm. but like not actually crazy i think that she's just a misunderstood housewife and like you're saying they should have maybe explained that a little bit more that's the compelling story um i also just love the way that she uses her sexuality as like a weapon um and i also love how flawed she is i loved watching her make mistakes and i loved how um she does a lot of fucked up things, but at the end of the day, she is like, well, 
uh, I need my husband. You don't understand how much I need him. And as a person who I'm in an open relationship, for me, it's like I know that like if Daniel is fucking somebody or if I'm fucking somebody, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's just it's just sex or yeah, whatever yeah. it is at the time. But I need Daniel. Like he yeah, balances yeah. me out. And so there was a lot of this movie that I kind of related to. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I liked that. And also I just love Jessica Lange. And just give her an Oscar for the way that she holds a cigarette. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, once they made reference to uh, Elizabeth Taylor and how she's like kind of copying her throughout the movie mm-hmm. and trying to be like her, I just, I, aesthetically speaking, I loved it. So it just comes down to personal preference. I, I was going to select Winona. <laughs> yes. But I just, I really just, it's its just a personal taste thing. For me, it's Jessica Lange. Yes, I, I'm afraid that, yeah, you're probably having seen a source there might have ruined her performance for you. But uh, I agree with Jessica Lange. She would have been my other choice, for sure. Yeah. Again, the only reason I can't pick her is that I, I just don't feel like they let her off the leash, which they should have. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There was so much more there. And, and again, not knowing much about her, much in the same reason I can't pick Susan Sarandon because it's too easy for her. Right. I mean, this is chump work for her. This is nothing. Like, yeah. She could do that blindfold. It's, I, I don't know Jessica Lange that well, but uh, maybe it is because she's such a naturalistic actor that I thought, yeah, this. I mean, she looks the part, certainly. It's yeah. just like, yeah, you look like you were born to play this part. Uh-huh. Where when I think of a, a young, rebellious sort of, Whatever, what, like whatever Winona was in the '90s, this sort of almost emo kind of anti-hero celebrity thing. It seemed like a, a greater divergence from who she was. A hundred percent. Oh, you're absolutely right. But I mean, yeah, Jessica Lange. I have no problem with her getting the <laughs> award whatsoever. I mean, I will be thinking about that woman for a long time based on this performance. Oh, I wow, <laughs> absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. Good lord. All right. Yeah. Well, that being said, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Where can people sure. find? you on social media i am at brian underscore hat brian with a, a y hat with two t's um yeah just i'm all over the place you type that name in you're gonna come up with me okay fantastic thank you so much for being a guest and we'll see you next time bye, bye.